Sometimes I like to just come into the realm just to get some quiet. It doesn't always work because sometimes the choir of banshees likes to practice nearby, but other times it can be quite serene. I'll just chill at my desk with a pad of paper and a pen and just write down some thoughts. Of course, it can be made easier by a fleet of little helpers, and I'll get to that in just a moment. You may have heard of NaNoWriMo, or National Novel Writing Month. Typically, it happens in November, and the idea is to do just that, write a novel. Or at least work on one, kind of. This year, I'm launching my own dang thing, National Write Literally Anything Month. You complete the challenge if you write literally anything. Maybe try to write something a little more than you usually would, but anything counts. Anyway, as NaNoWriMo approaches, I would like to introduce the nicest little helpers you'll ever meet. The NaNoWriNos. NaNoWriNos are found here in the astral realm. They look shockingly similar to the rhinoceros from Earth, but they're quite friendly and they fit in the palm of your hand. They are seemingly at their happiest when they can help you write. They'll even bring you a pen and piece of paper. One even nudged my coffee cup towards me when I was getting a little sleepy. He's a cute little guy. They're nice little fellas, but I digress. Hello, my name is Endeavorance, and welcome to episode 6 of Podcast from a Desk in the Astral Realm. Now, as I'm taking a break here from writing my literally anything, I want to take a step back and hopefully bring you with me, because I want to talk about perspective. It's important to be able to take a step back from yourself. And I I know that sounds a little weird, and it's something that took a long time for me to internalize, but I promise it's worth working on. I'm going to do my best to put this into words that make any kind of sense, but hopefully you'll get the gist that I'm going for. Don't tie your self-worth to a concept, and especially don't tie it to how other people perceive that concept. Let's say that you are a big fan of a TV show, a really big fan of a given TV show. I don't care what it is. Any TV show. It's what you care about. It's the fandom that you're in. You, You think about it all the time. It's your favorite TV show. You've got posters and merch and whatever else. And then here comes along some random person who has absolutely no idea about anything about this show, and maybe they have a negative preconceived notion about it, and they just spew some crappy opinion. There is no need to even respond. There's no need. There's no need to tie yourself to that or have it affect you in any way. This is just a person expressing an opinion that shouldn't affect you. The value that you get out of the enjoyment of the thing you enjoy has nothing to do with how other people perceive that thing. And the more you can internalize that and the more you can distance yourself from other people's inputs, the better. Now, does that mean close your eyes and plug your ears and completely ignore what everyone has to say about everything? No, of course not. It's important to hear what people have to say and see if there's any merit to it, but you yourself are the one that determines if there's merit. That's on you, and if there's not, it shouldn't matter. Now, of course, it's reasonable to be upset if you yourself are criticized, especially if you're criticized just for enjoying something. That's silly. And it's reasonable to be miffed. It's reasonable to be upset. 
But recall that this person probably has nothing interesting going on in their life if they're willing to write someone off entirely just for enjoying something. A lot of this circles back to nuance and how lost it tends to become in the cacophonous world of the internet. Nuance is often used as a deflection for dealing with harsh truths. It's very easy to just say nuance is dead and move on. It's a lot harder to internalize the difficulties of navigating nuance. Often dealing with nuance can feel like hypocrisy, although that's very rarely the case. But again, in the world of online social media now, especially, it's really easy to not feel like you can have two conflicting ideas in your head, even though that's how most things work. And even further, it can be really easy to shrug off others' opinions as haters and just totally ignore them. And that's fair, that works. But that also gives them far more agency by allowing them to have that title. Instead, consider detaching further and accept that these people exist saying these things. And remember that it doesn't really matter and it shouldn't really matter. It shouldn't have any impact on your enjoyment of things you enjoy. And it shouldn't have any impact on your self-perception. You are not made less important because some random person doesn't like a thing you like. Now, I want to be very clear that there's a big difference between someone not liking something that you like and someone thinking that you aren't worthwhile because of who you are. And that is not who I'm talking about right now. Said another way, fascists do not deserve kneecaps. Now, again, this is not to say that all you should do is just always be middle of the road and ignore opinions and never let your opinions change and never let people give you new information. Quite the opposite. Hold your convictions, but don't let them be easily shaken. Clarify who you are with yourself. And the more you can do that, and the more you can step back, the more you can insulate into who you are and feel comfortable in your own skin with your own perspectives. The way that I was able to approach this concept was to, in my own head, take a step back. Imagine taking a step back from your own perspective. Literally, in your own head, imagine yourself watching yourself experiencing the world. Creating this sort of buffer between you and the things that are affecting you externally. It, it, it helps to contextualize the fact that there's you and there's everything else. And that everything else is processed by your mind and your experiences, your perspectives and your preferences. But once it hits you... Once it has gone through all of your filters and all of your interpretations, the one in control of how you respond is you. Taking that step back and giving yourself the room to process and navigate complicated inputs, it changes who you are in a very, very positive way. But that's enough about being esoteric and silly. Let's talk about something much more real and important. Gaming technology. I am actually genuinely very excited to talk about this because I finally got my Playdate. If you're not familiar, the Playdate is a small indie handheld made by Panic. Panic is a studio that published a few popular games such as Untitled Goose Game and Firewatch, among other things. Panic is also known for making some really kick-ass software, particularly for Mac and iOS. But in this case, they decided to branch out and make a really goofy handheld console. So this thing is called the Playdate, and it looks like the bottom half of a Game Boy Advance SP. 
It's this tiny little yellow square handheld with a D-pad, A and B buttons, a menu button, and most notably, a crank. Yeah, an actual crank. One of its main inputs is a crank. It also has a pretty nice screen with one notable feature, which is that this screen is black and white. This is a one-bit gaming device. But that doesn't mean that it looks bad. In fact, quite the opposite. The screen looks really nice, and games look shockingly good on it. Not to mention that everything about this device is just so cute and thoughtfully animated. When you open it up and unlock it, you have to double tap the unlock button. And if you only press it once, it shows you a little face and one eye opens up, kind of peeking at you. Like, are you really waking me up or are you just making me look at you? When you get a new game on it, it shows up on your home screen as a wrapped present using some imagery from the game itself. And when you launch that game for the first time, two robot arms appear on the screen and unwrap it for you. It's just a really stellarly designed device. It's weird. It makes no sense. It shouldn't have a place in the current market, but it absolutely does. And that place is for people who just want to have some fun with some dinky little games. This is effectively the spiritual successor to playing games on a TI-83 calculator. Even more notable is how they're handling releasing games. So via their website, you can just upload any game that's compatible with this device. Of course, games have to be specifically made for it, but there's a dedicated place for you to just upload a file and it'll get synced to your device. It's super easy to sideload games onto it. So there's already a relatively healthy repository of games available on websites like itch.io. But on top of that, they have games that they are delivering directly to the device. But they're doing it in a very interesting way. So Panic has this concept of seasons, seasons of games, and it's per device, per user. So when you get your Playdate for the first time, it only has two games on it. However, each week you unlock more games as you progress through the season. So I'm on week one of my season currently, but next week I'm going to wake up and it's going to say, hey, you've got new games. And that's just going to keep happening. Every week I'm going to get new games. Yes, they're already out there for anyone who's already had their device for several weeks. And yeah, it's a little silly to make me have to wait for games that other people already have. But that's the point. This whole thing is a little silly. And in the meantime, I can just download and install any other games that I want, or I can make my own games using their in-browser IDE, which is really, really cool. The long and short of it is this is a indie developer's dream console. It's stupid. It's silly. You can get really creative with it. And it's all about hacking together a cute little game and sharing it with people. And that is just, if that's not the exact direction that I want technology to be moving in, then I don't know what I want from this world. This little device, while silly and basically useless, embodies a lot of the principles that I think we should be moving towards with technology. It is purpose-built for a specific audience that understands it and is respected by the people who are making it. It feels like a community device. It was a Kickstarter after all, but, but still. So I'm going to sit here with my dinky little handheld and play some silly little games and have a great time doing it. If you want to check it out for yourself, the website is play.date. They are currently back-ordered, but they're going to be shipping in early 2023 for the next... I guess, batch. I've been waiting for mine for quite some time, so I can't guarantee that you'll get one very, very quickly, but it's also a pretty affordable device. It's less than $200, and 
And it's got some nice little cases and other things that you can attach to it. Like they're coming out with a desktop radio that you can attach the front of it to and it'll play music and charge it. And it can also even hold a pen. It's just, it's just cute and silly. So pair this with my recent acquisition of a Steam Deck and my installation of emulators onto said Steam Deck. I'm in a good place with handheld gaming right now, and I'm, I'm really happy with just the market in general as we're seeing these devices like the Steam Deck and the Playdate completely lifted up by their communities. We are just hungry for something interesting. And damn if these devices are not interesting. So now that I spent several minutes being esoteric about perspective and then got all nerdy and hype about gaming tech, let's just jump into some parting thoughts. I want to invert the notion that I was getting at when I was talking about perspective. Consider that other people feel strongly about things that you may have absolutely no interest in. Remember that when you come across something new and confusing, or something that you've written off before, recall that some people invest a lot of energy and time into those things. What are they getting out of it? Could you get that out of it too? Could you at least respect what they get out of it? Adopting this perspective can not only make your life a lot less hatred-filled if you approach stuff with wonder instead of skepticism, but it also, frankly, makes you a much more interesting person to be around. When is the last time that you had a nice, long conversation with someone who just told you that everything that you wanted to talk about was boring and stupid? If you can instead truly find excitement by learning about why someone finds something interesting, I promise you, you're going to have a good time. Now, of course, be thoughtful with what you engage with. Hobbies and interests and music and games, those are all great to learn about. Contrastingly, it is not worth your time to learn why someone who hates other people for who they love does that. It's all about engaging in good faith, collaborating with your fellow humans, learning what you can, expanding your horizons, and having just a good-ass time. But that's everything I have for you today, dear listener. Thank you so much for spending some time with me. I'm going to get back to writing my literally anything for November. I already see the rhino is making their way back to my desk, so I better hurry up. My name is Endeavorance. This is Podcast from a Desk in the Astral Realm. Take care and be well. <laughs>